You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Hey, what's going on, Discovery? Welcome to week three at Church at Home. I really hope that you had an amazing uh, week and looking forward and believing in faith that that starting tomorrow you'll have an even greater week. Um, I'm excited to share with you uh, the message this morning um, as it pertains to kind of the season that we find ourselves in. And and in fact, I was thinking about just the different uh, pros and cons of of the season, uh, specifically of shelter in place. And one thing that that I'm really enjoying right now is this idea of distance learning. Distance learning? Distance learning. I don't, I don't, whatever it's called. My kids doing homeschool. <laughs> and, um, and and it's not so much for the fact that I get to teach them, though it's a plus. I, I enjoy being around them. But what I really love about it is how it takes the pressure off of having to get them ready in the morning. Now, if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you should actually be standing up right now, wherever you're at, and be like, preach, preacher, right? Because like, it, it is chaotic. I never realized how much work it is to get your kids ready for school. No. Um, uh, specifically, it always seems like in the morning, getting my kids ready for school, that what I what I say, it goes in one ear and out the other, right? And it always has to do with getting their shoes on. Every morning, I'm like, hey guys, make sure you get your shoes on. We're gonna be leaving in two minutes. And, and it never fails. They're like, okay, dad, yes, dad. Two minutes pass, we're about to leave. And I'm like, all right, guys, let's go. And they're like, wait, dad, I got to put my shoes on. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I want to karate chop him. Um, I get so frustrated. I'm like, but I told you and you said that you would. And it's like, and, and there's just this frustration of, uh, of me like, come on, guys. Like, listen, pay attention. Do what you've been told, what you've been asked to do but like I said it never fails it goes in one ear and out the other I was actually thinking about this concept of of learning to be a hearer and a doer I I was actually thinking about this this concept of how this inability to 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 hear and to apply is universal. Like it's not just a kid's issue, it's not just a teenage issue, it's not just a young adult's issue, it's not just a parent issue, it's not just a mom or a dad issue, or an employee employee issue, employer issue. Uh, but in fact, this, this idea of, of having a difficulty in learning to, to hear and apply is seen all throughout life. In fact, we actually see this in scripture as well. Uh, there's a couple places that we see it in scripture, but one place that I want to look at first is it's found in a letter written by a man named James. Now, James is Jesus's half-brother, and he's writing to a bunch of Christians who are in a very similar season as ours. They're, they're in a season that is captivated by fear. 
by uncertainty, by persecution, by uncertainty, right? And so here's what he writes in James chapter one. He says this, don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror. They walk away and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they look like. Okay, so, so James, here's James. He's writing to Christians who are in an environment, a moment in time that is very fearful. And I love James because what he says, um, it, it, like we don't expect it really because uh, he, he's like, hey, I know what you're going through and I know that this, this fear, it's chipping away at your faith and, and, and it's causing you to begin to sway at some point, he says, at one point, he says that, that it, it helps, it, it's making us become like a double-minded person. But I love James's response, his antidote to this problem, this situation. And, and here's what it is. He calls him to action. He says, I know that you're in a moment of fear and, and, and I know that it's chipping away at your faith. But here's what you need to do. You need to become a hearer and a doer. He's like, you gotta put into action what you've been taught. He says, like, we can't just be hearers of the word, but also doers. And now on the surface, this seems like a real, bizarre, um, a real bizarre suggestion, advice. On the surface, it's like, James, what are you talking about? But, but I think there's a lot of wisdom in the recommendation that James has, because I think James understands that fear moves you. Fear moves you. Now, here's something that I think, uh, hopefully we can all agree on, and it's this, that God is the creator of all emotions, of love and happiness and whatever other emotion that you can say right now. Go. Did you say one? Anyways. God created all emotions, and guess what other emotion he created? Fear. God created the emotion of fear. And can I propose to you this morning that fear, when seen through the correct lens, is beneficial to you and to me. Because fear has the potential to move us towards our faith. But for a lot of us, if we don't see fear in the correct lens, Fear does one of two things, it paralyzes us, or fear moves us to something other than our faith. Have you ever noticed that? See, I think fear is very unique in that fear has this, this amazing ability to really reveal what we see as our God 
or what we see as our comfort or our hope. And so fear, it pushes us. Fear always moves us to something. But the whole point of fear, if we see it through the correct lens, is the ability to move us towards action, to move us towards our faith. We actually see this in a story in Matthew chapter 14. It's a very familiar story. It says this, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Oh, okay, so Jesus, he's going off for a little R&R. And the disciples, they get on the boat, and they're in the middle of the water and on their boat. And, and then all of a sudden, it never fails, the wind starts blowing, the boat starts getting rocky, and all of a sudden their environment becomes that of fear. And they're like, man, we, we were just in this same situation, the same predicament. Oh my gosh, we're going to sink. This wind is crazy. And then they look off in a distance and they see something on the water and they begin to become even more fearful because now they think a ghost is coming after them. Yeah, and it ain't the Holy Ghost. I'm just kidding. Do jokes work on this? Like, I feel like they, it probably doesn't. Anyways, so, so they see a, a ghost or what they perceive as a ghost far, far off and, and, and they become terrified. They become fearful. And remember, remember, fear, it always moves us. And what we get to see is fear through the correct lens of what it can do through Peter. And so fear, in this moment of fear, fear motivates and pushes Peter towards his faith. In this moment of fear, he looks out and he says, Jesus, 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 if it's you, if it's you, if it's you, let me come to you. you, you. He, Peter, he's, he, his fear is pushing him towards his faith. And I love Jesus' response, right? Like Jesus is like, all right, come, come, come. And what I want us to gather in this moment is that Jesus is the tangible expression of the Word. In fact, John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And so here is Jesus and Peter. And Peter has this amazing opportunity right? Because James is writing, hey, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. And in this moment, the actual tangible word, Jesus says, come on, come out here. 
And in this moment, Peter had the decision of a lifetime. In this moment, Peter had to decide what he was going to do with those words. Would he just hear them? Or would he actually do them? As we're about to, as we're about to find out that fear pushes Peter towards his faith. And so what I want us to do in our last moments together is I want to identify a few things that happen when we become doers and not just hearers of the word. When we begin to put God's word into action in our lives. So here's the first one. Action doesn't mean perfection. And so here we see Peter, he, he's moved and motivated. He, his, his, his response to fear, fear pushes him and moves him towards his faith. And we see Peter step out of the boat. In fact, this is what we read. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink. This, this is actually, oddly enough, my favorite part of the story. I, I love the fact that Peter is sinking. And, and here's why, here's why. Not because I'm mean or because like I, I, I'm looking for people to fail, fail. like that, that's not it. But what I do love is the reason in which Peter sank. It says that Peter all of a sudden was a man of faith and he stepped over that boat and he's walking on water like a man of faith that he is. His fear is pushing him towards his faith. So I can't always relate to the faith that Peter had to step out of the boat, but I can relate to being distracted from things that are calling me. And so here's Peter. He's walking. And the text says that he began to focus on the waves. He, he began to focus on the environment of fear around him. begin to sink. This gives me a whole bunch of hope for me in my life and hopefully in your life as well. This idea that even in the great moments of faith, of stepping out and being a doer of the word, that there are going to be moments and times and maybe even seasons where our eyes lose track of what's important and lose track of, of Jesus. But I love Jesus' response to when Peter begins to sink. And that leads me to the second point, and it's this. Action leads to repentance. So, so, so here's Peter, he's sinking, right? He, he, he's sinking, but, but notice what Peter's response is it? okay? As he's sinking, uh, the text does not say that Peter's like, 
Oh, man, I messed up. Ah, oh well, I'm just gonna embrace my, this, I, I, I dug my own grave. Ah, oh, here I go. Ah, goodbye world, goodbye. Like he doesn't blame himself and he doesn't give up. He doesn't embrace his situation. He doesn't say, well, this is what it is. Notice what else he doesn't do. He doesn't, as he's sinking, he doesn't turn around to his friends in the boat. And he doesn't say to his friends, hey, throw me a life raft. Throw me a life uh, saver. Help me. He, he doesn't turn to his friends. In fact, what's very interesting is that what Peter does is as he's sinking, he looks up in the direction towards Jesus. And he says, save me. Jesus, save me. I love how Peter is drawn towards the kindness of Jesus. See guys, I'm so glad that, that we have access to a God who doesn't turn his back on us when we don't meet the standards of what he desires. He doesn't turn his back on us when, when we, we mess up and when we're not perfect. But in fact, we have access to a God that extends his arm out to us. And that's what we see Jesus do to Peter. Jesus extends his arm out to Peter, helps him up. And I find it very interesting, uh, Jesus' first words to Peter. They weren't of approval, but correction. Like Jesus' first words as he draws Peter out of the water is not, well, Peter, you tried, good job, that's awesome you little knucklehead, you silly goo. Like he didn't, he didn't do that. In fact, Jesus' first words were like, oh ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Jesus' first words to Peter were of correction. See, I think that when it comes to repentance, when it comes to, to true rep repentance, true repentance allows correction. And so, in the moment when I mess up, it's in those moments where I can come to Jesus say help me it's this idea that I'm turning to him I'm not turning to my own strength I'm not embracing my own ability I'm not turning to friends or to relationships I'm I'm turning to Jesus and this leads me to number three and to why 
being a doer, not just a hearer is so vital. And here's number three, action benefits me. So, so, so James, he, he's not the only person in scripture who's embraced this idea and the importance of, of becoming a, uh, not just a hearer, but a doer. But in fact, in fact, I love this. Jesus actually talks about this. That's right. Jesus actually talks about the importance of you and I being a doer of the word, not just someone who hears it. And he talks about it in Matthew chapter 7. Here's what he says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Like I love what Jesus is saying there. When I can learn to put into action God's word, and I can apply it into my life and not just here, but actually do it. It's a benefit to me. It's a benefit to you because Jesus is saying that when I do that, when I become not just a hearer, but a doer, when I put it into action, I begin to build my life on a solid foundation. And here's the great news about a solid foundation is that when the storms come and the wind hits and it becomes shaky and, and the wind is, is beating against, uh, against our, our proverbial house and shelter, I can find confidence in the idea that the winds will come, the storms will happen, but because I've learned to read God's word, and to not just hear it, but apply it, then I'm setting myself up for success because I am now building my house, building my life on a solid foundation. I wanna leave you with this, this morning, that as we find ourselves in a very similar moment as those that James was writing to at the very beginning of our time together. Moments of fear and uncertainty, maybe chaotic. My prayer for you and for myself is that these moments of fear, this emotion of fear, that I will see it through the right lens and that I will allow that fear to push me towards my faith, that I won't allow my fears to push me towards anything else, but it would push me towards my faith so that I can find hope in who Jesus is in our life. 
Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.